It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Dan Morgan and Dave Canales caught up with the media on Tuesday afternoon in Indianapolis at the Combine providing updates on Brian Burns, Frankie Louvu, and the plan for Bryce Young. I'll provide my five takeaways from what each of them had to say right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me julian council on twitter at julian council where on fridays throughout the off season right here on the show i'll be answering your weekly friday mailbag questions either at me or dm me over on twitter at julian council to get your questions in for this week's edition of the weekly friday mailbag right here on locked on panthers Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. And we are very close. North Carolina, March 11th is right around the corner where FanDuel and legal betting will be here in the great state of North Carolina. But on today's show, let's talk about what Dan Morgan and Dave Canales had to say on Tuesday afternoon at the annual NFL Scouting Combine up in Indianapolis. Quite honestly, I forgot that we'd be hearing from Dan Morgan and Dave Canales. I woke up this morning and was like, oh wait, it's a Combine. That means we're going to hear from Dan Morgan. We're going to hear from Dave Canales. We're going to get some updates on what's going on with Brian Byrne. What's going on with Frankie Louvu and what's the plan for Bryce Young? So we'll talk about all that here on the show today. But first off, let's start off with Dan Morgan. And I'm going to provide five takeaways that I had from what he had to say and also from Dave Canales. And there's some things later on I also want to discuss that each of them had to say that aren't necessarily the main takeaways from their availability on Tuesday up in Indy. Starting with Dan Morgan, first thing that we all want to know, what's going on with Brian Burns? You have until next week on Tuesday to figure out what's the deal with the franchise tag. Got to do it by March 5th at 4 p.m. Is he going to get the tag? Are you going to extend him? What's going to happen? Is that going to happen at all? Now, actually, let me go back in my calendar, make sure I get this March date right, because the extra day in February is throwing me off. The 5th of March is Tuesday. So, yes, I had it right. So, next Tuesday, by 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Carolina Panthers and the rest of the league have until that point in time to tag players if they want to do that. We've seen the Bengals tag T. Higgins, and I'm pretty sure that's the only player so far who has been franchise tagged up until this point as I'm recording this show on Tuesday afternoon, February 27th. Dan Morgan said they would definitely use it if they have to 
all options are on the table. We discussed this earlier on this week, the impact of the salary cap going up to a a record high for the NFL and how that might impact the Carolina Panthers probably makes it a little bit more palatable to franchise tag Brian Burns. Whether that's $24 million as a linebacker, the $21 million as a defensive end, it's going to make it easier for the Panthers with that cap space to be able to fit that in and still make some of the moves that they were probably going to make anyways once they get to free agency and they start a new league year at 4 p.m. Eastern time on March 13th. So Brian Burns, the franchise tag, could be utilized. All options are on the table, which I imagine are extending him, tagging him, tagging and trading him. I don't think the option of letting him walk in test free agency is on the table, nor should it be, because that would just be asinine for the Carolina Panthers to do that. Number two takeaway, Frankie Louvu, what's the update on his contract talks? Dan Morgan said they have all intentions of re-signing Frankie Louvu. He embodies what a Panther is. He has that dog mentality that he was talking about a couple weeks ago at his introductory press conference here in Charlotte. That's the kind of player that we've discussed here on the show that the Panthers should want to keep, a player that you find from New York to come in to be a special teams player but came in with the mentality of, I want to take that man's job. I want to take Jermaine Carter's job. I want to take potentially Shaq Thompson's job. I'm coming here to take a job. And he took a job. And since he's taken over those jobs, he has been outstanding. So good where he's now going to get paid, I think, somewhere between 10 and $12 million per year to be a starting linebacker, whether it's in Carolina or elsewhere. I hope it's here in Carolina. If it's elsewhere, good for Frankie, a guy who's deserving of the money and someone who just fits the mold. But And Dan Morgan understands. He played linebacker here. He was coached by Sam Mills. He knows what key pounding means, and he was telling us at that press conference what this organization means to him and what it means to the city and having people fear that logo again. like That gets you ready to run through a wall, doesn't it? But those are only words. you got to put into the action of doing these things that you say and being able to put your words into action is by re-signing Frankie Louvu. Who's going to have options? He's not going to be franchise tag. They're going to say that all the options are on the table for that. That's not going to be an option for the Carolina Panthers. He's not getting $24 million. That would be crazy to do. But to bring him back as a leader, as someone to continue to build this defense around, that is something the Carolina Panthers need to do and something that Dan Morgan and the organization want to do. Number three, what's the plan for the offensive line? We're going to be talking about this a lot. We talked about it uh, later, earlier on this month, and I think even a little bit in, in January when I had my series, how to fix the Carolina Panthers offensive line, figuring out what to do with Ike Kwanu, whether he's going to be at left tackle, what to do at the guard spot. Are you going to move Ike there? Are you going to bring somebody else in? Is it time to draft this Center, Taylor Moten, Austin Corbett, both of those guys have some high cap hits and cap implications. What do the Carolina Panthers want to do with those deals? Go back and listen to that series or really watch it over on YouTube as it's there on its own playlist for the folks over there who typically listen to the podcast here in a traditional podcast form, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Talk a lot about the offensive line, but looking at the plan right now, Dan Morgan says that there's not one position that's a priority this offseason. They need to add depth and talent across the board on this roster, which absolutely is the case. When you go 2-15, and 15, you can't go into an offseason saying, wide receiver, that's a top priority. You can't do that. You have to look at every aspect of your roster and realize, while you may think that Derek Brown's great. Is the defensive line good enough? Did you get enough out of Deshaun Williams and Shai Tuttle last year? I would say no. 
what do you want to do about that position group to improve it this offseason? It's just not the offensive line. It's not just wide receiver. It's not tight end. There's so many areas on this roster that need to be better for the Carolina Panthers to avoid going 2-15 and 15 and just getting to a respectable, which is far more respectable than 2-15, six wins, seven wins. I know that's not what anybody wants, but it's much better than the alternative of what we just watched this past season in 2023. So the plan is that there's not one priority this offseason as far as adding as far as the offensive line or wide receiver, but they want to add depth across the board. Offensive line, though, is a high priority this offseason as far as the things that they need to fix on the roster. It's evident. Everyone saw it. Dan Morgan saw it. You saw it. I saw it. That they struggled last year. Injuries were a big part of why they struggled, but even still, some of the returning players, like an Ike Aquanu, did not play up to the standard that they set the year prior. Same thing with Bradley Bozeman. He did not play well. Moten had his moments, but overall, he was the same toe Moten that we've seen throughout the entirety of his career here in Carolina. Speaking of Ike Aquanu, talked about it. What do you do with Ike Aquanu? Is there a problem? Some may view it as, yes, there is an Ike Aquanu problem. Some may not view it as an Ike Aquanu problem. You could keep him at left tackle. You could go bring in a free agent to be at left tackle, then move Ike in the guard. Now, what does that do with a guy maybe like Austin Corbett or Brady Christensen? I have no idea what the case would be there. Or you could, you know... Just stick with him. And my thought was, for the Panthers, find a way to make it work. You drafted him sixth overall. He was the first offensive player taken off the board. This is someone who you wanted to be the franchise left tackle. We have sat here through the Nate Chandlers, the Byron Bells, the Mike Rimmers, who single-handedly lost the Super Bowl here in Carolina. We've gone through the blindside Michael O. Or the rented tackle, Russell Okung. We have been through the ringer. Matt Khalil trying to find it. They have gone through cheap veterans, older veterans, high-priced reagents, and has not been able to replace Jordan Gross. Looked like in 2022, after a struggle to start the season against Cleveland and New York, that Ike Kwanu was going to be that guy. Last season, though, yes, it was concerning. Absolutely. But one thing I keep going back to when thinking about Ike Kwanu is this article about Frank Smith, who interviewed here in Carolina. He was with the Chargers at a point in time during the rookie season of Rashawn Slater. And he helped Rashawn Slater become a pro bowler by working on his strengths and making sure that he was able to be in a position to succeed. Think about this past season. While you can't control the injuries at left guard, what you can control is how much help you give a player in the scheme that you're running. And at no point did Thomas Brown or Frank Reich help Ike Aquanu. And Thomas Brown said this at the end of the season, that he could have done more. And he absolutely should have done more. There's a reason why Thomas Brown failed as an OC and is now elsewhere in Chicago working on a new staff. He was not good at it. He was in over his head. He did not help Icky Iquanu. We have seen players like Icky, like Bradley Bozeman, have success here in Carolina in a different scheme. The coaching staff, well-established, was not what we thought it was last year. And the play of Icky Iquanu, the play of Bradley Bozeman, that should be explained away by, yes, those players' own faults, but also the coaching staff not maximizing the talent on the roster. And speaking of maximizing talent on the roster, more on that in just a moment from Dave Canales. Icky Iquanu did not play well. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to give you the overall picture of what happened this past season. And it seems that Dan Morgan is kind of seeing my point of view, as he says, right now, and plans can change, y'all. I know there's probably people freaking out, being like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Ike Kwanu is going to be a Hall of Fame guard. It's where he needs to be played. I don't know where that came from. I don't know why this has been something that's been parroted by people all over the board. Because when we had a conversation about 
the Ikki Aquano problem. It's always people just saying move him to guard, and there's really never anything outside of that. That's just what they say. They don't think about what the other plan would be. Aside from that, they ignore that all five of the starters from 2022 season are all under contract currently heading into new league year. Never, they don't ever think about that. They just say what they see that's on Twitter, and they just parrot the same opinion. That's not really an opinion. It's just them in an echo chamber yelling out things that don't mean anything other than move him to guard. Okay, but what are the ramifications of doing that? And is that what he actually wants? Is that the best thing for him and for the organization? Dan Morgan thinks right now the plan and the best thing for the organization is to leave Icky on the outside at left tackle and that Icky's motivated to get better. Offensive line is a developmental position. It takes time. Not many players come into the NFL and immediately have success. The Panthers, reminder, were this close in 2021 to having Panay Sewell, and we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, and the Lions have playing right tackle instead of left tackle. Didn't happen for the Carolina Panthers. They still have Icky, hometown kid, which is immaterial to whether the Panthers should keep at left tackle or not. I'm rooting for him. I'm sure you're rooting for him as well. Let's see if it works out. Because I looked at the options. I've talked about them on this show at left tackle. That are in free agency. And uh, basically everything the Panthers had done the 10 years prior to A.K. Aquanu even coming to Carolina. Number four, as I'm going a little bit too over in this segment, the draft outlook for Dan Morgan. As far as the number 33rd overall pick goes, all options are on the table with that pick. They could trade up. They could trade back. They could take receiver. They could take offensive line, corner, edge, tight end. I, all options are on the table. Now, one thing that Dan Morgan did bring, out, did bring up is that he, the playmakers in the wide receiver room are non-existent. They, they need to bring some more guys in, and that wide receiver is a strength in this year's draft. I'm sure that most of you right now are looking at it. You brought in Dave Canales, an offensive coach, to work with Bryce Young, wide receiver. You got to help Bryce. You need to make the offense better. That's, I'm sure, what most people are looking at as the top priority right now. Haven't gone through free agency. These priorities can change. They would like to go best player available, which is what everybody's going to say. But right now, wide receiver, he understands, is an important position to fill. And there's a good draft class that, that they could utilized by going number 30 by taking a receiver at 33rd overall lastly fifth thing that I took away from what Dan Morgan had to say Derek Brown his extension interesting thing I learned on Tuesday is that his agent's Drew Rosenhaus who is a big time baseball agent a lot of money uh is big has been able to be recouped by Drew Rosenhaus as an agent the Panthers have worked with him in the past DJ Moore I don't know if he's still working at Rosenhaus. I know when he signed his deal in Carolina, Rosenhaus was his agent at the time. I'm not sure if that's still the case. That was a good contract for him, a fair contract as well. Derek Brown expecting that he will hopefully at some point in time here in Carolina get an extension. I would like for that to be this offseason. Don't dilly-dally. Don't mess around. Get it done. Let's not play this tag game again next year, even if the cap situation is better. I don't want to do it. Pay the man, open some, open up some cap space, can open up about $8 million if they do that, and that will help with the Carolina Panthers. So they will look to have an extension. They've talked to him, and we'll see how that works out. So those are some of my takeaways from what Dan Morgan had to say on Tuesday afternoon at the Combine. What about Dave Canales? The man exudes positivity. What did he have to say about the Panthers roster and his plan for Bryce Young? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. The wait is almost over. North Carolina FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to our state on March 11th. We'll finally be able to bet on all our favorite teams and all our favorite sports. With FanDuel, there's tons of ways for you to get in on the action. You can 
bet on everything from the money line to over-unders to which team will win this year's Tobacco Road rivalry, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, with live betting, you can even pick which player will put up the next bucket and the one after that. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on so you can be the first to know when FanDuel goes live in North Carolina. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on and make every moment more with FanDuel. This next segment is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The one question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, get BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just filled a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Man, I love listening to Dave Canales. That dude just exudes positivity. He makes you feel good about what is going to happen here in Carolina. It could be a spectacular failure, but just listening to Dave Canales makes me believe that this team is going to finally have back-to-back winning season. It's going to finally hoist that Lombardi trophy, and he's going to be here for 20-plus years and eulogize David Tepper at his funeral. I get a lot of good vibes from Dave Canales. But as I mentioned before, I don't really give a darn what these guys have to actually say. What do you do? But man, with Dave Canales, when he smiles, gives us a little wink, and then just tells us all these things that we want to hear and all these great things that he actually believes, it's hard for me to think anything negatively about him. So hopefully that's the case for the Carolina Panthers players as they're spending time with Dave Canales, getting to know him. The offseason program will start soon as Carolina Panthers are a team that have changed coaching staff. So we'll see whether that is the case. But what we want to know is what's the plan for Bryce Young? What's the plan for this offense? And he laid down that plan and his thoughts on the team on Tuesday about 40 minutes or so after Dan Morgan spoke at the podium in Indianapolis. And my five takeaways are right here. Number one, the plan for Bryce Young. Dave Canales says he has a specific plan for Young, that this is not a guy that needs a big fix. He's still an accurate quarterback. He's a smart quarterback. That They just need to build the whole offense around him. They need to put him in a 
advantageous situation, which was not the case last year as far as personnel goes and maybe even the scheme. We saw how that did not fit some of the personnel at the offensive line, and in turn, that hurt Bryce Young. Injuries played a factor in some of the issues, but Frank Reich and that coaching staff, the all-star coaching staff we thought they were going to be, they were anything but that defensively. Yes, offensively, absolutely not. One thing I did love about Dave Canales, and he's pointed this out multiple times, how he's had the opportunity to scout Bryce Young and some of these players on this roster, and he's going back to his pre-draft evaluations of these players and what he felt about them, and then looking at the film from the past season and past seasons as well, and then cultivating these detailed reports. He's been doing that for Bryce Young, where he's... Worked on a detailed report that he's going to prevent. He's going to present to Bryce Young to show him how he can improve him and also the things that he's doing well. Will Harriger comes over from Dallas, spent time in Seattle, is now the quarterbacks coach here in Carolina. He's helping Dave Canales with this. Brad Idzik, who followed him from Seattle to Tampa, now to Carolina, who's going to be the OC. He's also helping out with this plan. And Dave Canales mentioned that he got this idea from Brian Schottenheimer, that Brian Schottenheimer in the past did this with Andrew Luck, with Phillip Rivers, with Drew Brees. When he went to Seattle to work with Russell Wilson, he also brought this detailed plan, letting the player know that I'm not just here to show up and to coach you. Like I want to make sure you get better. I want to have a good relationship with you. I want to show you how I'm going to do this. How are you? I'm going to get your trust. And for Bryce Young, He's so lucky that he has someone who's this detailed. Not to say that Frank Reich didn't do this or Thomas Brown didn't do this, but to hear Dave Canales want to do this and that he learned this from somebody who, and Schottenheimer's had his ups and downs in the NFL, but he's been consistently an OC throughout the league the last decade or so. I love that, that there's a plan for Bryce. He's not just coming here and we're going to see how things go, that there's a plan. Last year, it didn't feel like there was a plan. When reading Joe Person at the Athletics article about the Hunger Games culture here at Bank of America Stadium this past season, they talked about Bryce Young's footwork. Those are fundamental things. Why was the fundamentals not worked on at the beginning? It seemed like they just wanted to get him out there as quickly as possible by him learning the playbook, which Bryce Young's a smart guy. He's able to do that, but fundamentally, was he ready? And clearly, that was not the case last year. Dave Canales not trying to do that, trying to get down to basics this upcoming season, which gets me to my second takeaway, the focus for year one. It's really just that, fixing the football, getting the football right. He talked about a starting point for them with this offense, finding out what the scope of the offense is, what the scope of each player is, finding how much they can do and then see if they can expand on that and grow that as the season goes along. But he said, we definitely just have to have a core identity in the spring and in training camp so we can just get good at our fundamentals. The focus for this year has been, let's get our football right. Let's take care of the ball. Let's have sound run ideas. Let's have sound protection. Let's get the ball out on time. Let's be where we're supposed to be. Let's have great execution at a very basic and fundamental level. And then we can start to expand and grow the system from that perspective. Look at last year. This was not a fundamentally sound team at all. Led the league in penalties. The amount of procedural penalties we saw in that game against Seattle was embarrassing to see them do that. The amount of turnovers this past season also was embarrassing as well for this team to not be able to run the ball, not be able to protect, get the ball out on time. That goes back to the fundamentals of the game. And at this level, all these players should be able to do the fundamentals. They should be able to do the basic things. They could not do that last year. Dave Canales, the focus is doing the basic things. Get that right. And you're going to have more opportunities to win games. When you don't get those things right, you don't have a chance to win games, especially in the NFL, when you're at a talent deficit like the Carolina Panthers were last year and are 
right now entering into the new league year in a couple of weeks. Number two, or number three rather, as far as takeaways, I love this. Dave Canales asked himself last year in Tampa Bay, how can I maximize the talent I'm given? That is the perfect way to think about it. So many times coaches look at the players that they inherit and think about those aren't my guys. I got to bring my guys in here. Once I get my guys, we can run my system. That's not how Dave Canales is trying to operate. Dan Morgan said this about him, that he's somebody who really fits his scheme to the players that he has. Of course, there's things he wants to do. There's identities that he wants to have on offense, but he's going to make sure that the players fit into the scheme, that he's not going to force them to be in the scheme if they don't fit into it. But he's going to embrace these guys. He got to Tampa last year where they were under a serious cap restraint as far as the amount of money they could spend in free agency, which is why they land on a quarterback like Baker May for that cheap amount of money and that they couldn't go out there and add too much more He was focused on maximizing what was there. He talked about he's gone back and forth from the Charlotte Airport to Tampa to go see his family, and they'll be stopped by Bucs fans, and they'll tell him, man, you really overachieved last year. And he said, no, we didn't overachieve. We maximized what we had. I love that mentality. The Panthers... Last year, did they maximize what they had? Absolutely not. We have seen T.J. Chark be a pro bowler. He was an absolute liability last year. We saw Miles Sanders come off of a pro bowl. He was not good last season. No way in hell they maximized that talent. That that team, certainly talent-wise, was better than a 2-15 record. But the fundamentals weren't great. They didn't maximize them. Overall coaching failure, which we already knew, just listening to Canales say, we got to maximize the talent. Got to get back to fundamentals. Get the football right. That's why I'm kind of in love here. I'm not saying he's going to win a lot of games, but I like I like what I'm hearing. Number four, offensively, they're going to try and find an identity. What was Matt Rule's identity offensively? Have no idea. What was the identity last year other than they weren't allowed to score touchdowns? No idea. Dave Canales came out and said right away, never give up on the run. You have to be able to run the ball to go where we want to go, pointing out that the better teams in the NFL can run the football at the end of the day. We saw what San Francisco did this year with Christian McCaffrey. We saw what the Chiefs were able to do. They could run the ball. Buffalo could run the ball. All the better teams in the NFL, the Ravens, can run the ball. The Carolina Panthers could not run the ball. And the last time we saw them even have a marginal amount of success during 2022 under Steve Wilkes, they ran the ball. So trying to run the ball, and I understand Tampa didn't run the ball well, and he brought that up how they weren't great running the football at all last season as far as looking at league-wide, but they did improve throughout the course of the season and that you don't give up on doing it. The deeper you go into the playoffs, the better the pass rush gets, the worse the weather is. The teams that have lasting power are the teams that can run the damn ball, and Dave Canales knows that's what his offensive identity is, and he speaks even more to it with my final takeaway. He likes what he sees here. He says he sees a tough group that wants to play the style of football like Canales wants to bring to Carolina, and that starts with running the ball. I love hearing that, that he looks at the guys like Derek Brown, like Brian Burns. He looks at the offensive players and what they went through last year and how difficult that must be, and he still sees a group that – can be salvaged, a group that can have success in the NFL. He still sees a toughness here and that they didn't quit. They stunk last year and they did not give up. I appreciate it. I certainly do. So what Dave Canales had to say, it has me encouraged once again, 
Does not mean anything as far as will it actually work. He can have this detailed plan for Bryce Young. Will Bryce Young be able to execute it at the end of the day? He can talk about getting down to fundamentals. Will they be able to actually be a fundamentally sound football team with him as a first-time head coach? We've heard all of that. Running the football, they want to do it. Will they be able to do it? Will he actually stay true to running the ball once we get to the season? All of these things are great to hear. They have me encouraged. I think he sounds like the right guy. He sounds like the right guy. Only time will tell. But everything up until this point, check, check, check. I, I'm loving what Dave Canales is saying and hopefully what he's going to do here in Carolina over the next coming months and years. All right, a few more takeaways, too, from what Canales and Dan Morgan had to say. I want to go over those here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 120 2 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your party's guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because of ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. A few more thoughts on what Dan Morgan, the Panthers general manager and president of football operations, and Dave Canales, Panthers head coach, had to say on Tuesday afternoon at the Combine up in Indianapolis. Uh, Let's see. Let me take that away from the screen for the folks over there on YouTube. As of now, Chuba Hubbard is the lead back moving forward. I actually talked about this man yesterday when doing our running back outlook, and I asked the question, Can Chuba Hubbard be a workhorse back for the Carolina Panthers in 2024? I think that he's getting to that point in time where he can be that, and I think he should get the opportunity to be the number one guy. And then Morgan also didn't mention Miles Sanders and how he's excited to see what both of those players look like in the new regime. As mentioned on yesterday's show, please go back and listen to it. $2 million roster bonus due to Miles Sanders in March of 2024, coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, I guess a couple of days, really, actually, Friday's the beginning of March, but a couple of weeks before that roster bonus is due, no way. <laughs> no way you can give that man a roster bonus. Eat the number, go ahead, cut him, take the dead money, lose a little bit of cap space, only $750,000. You got to move on from him. But Chuba Hubbard, they like what they see, and if they're focused on running the ball, we've seen Chuba Hubbard have success when this team focuses on running the football. He saw it this year. A little bit. We saw it last in 2022 a lot with him and Foreman. It's time for Chuba Hubbard to be that lead back. Still think they should probably draft one late, late, late in a draft. Let's go ahead and see it. Jonathan Mingo, 
as y'all know who listen, watch the show, I am not impressed by Mingo at all. Uh, he had a difficult rookie season. Dan Morgan said it's hard to be a rookie wide receiver to have success and dominate to begin. He has the tools, though, to succeed in this league. We saw plenty of rookie receivers drafted before him and behind him have success. And it's only one year. And I can't sit here and talk about Bryce Young. You got to give him time, yada, 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 and then sit here and turn around and look at Jonathan Mingo and be like, it's not going to work out. I'm just not. I'm not impressed. I, I don't really see it. We'll see. The good thing about this, too, and this goes to something that Dave Canales had to say about Brad Isaac, who is his right-hand man, was last year when he got down to Tampa Bay. It is now as his OC that he's someone who's worked in the wide receiver room. You have Nate Carroll as well, Pete Carroll's son, who's coming over here to be the pass game coordinator who worked with wide receivers in Seattle. And we know how talented the wide receivers in Seattle are. We know how talented the wide receivers in Tampa are. But some of the younger players, like a Trey Palmer, who was mentioned by name by Dave Canales, they were developed by Brad Idzik, who played wide receiver in college at Wake Forest. I love the wide receiver background that the coaching staff has here in Carolina, especially looking at that being a massive weakness for the team heading into the new league year in a couple of weeks' time and how they need to go out there and bring in some players who actually have the NFL-level talent to make plays on a week-in, week-out basis. This could be the best thing for Mingo. We talk a lot about what's this going to do for Bryce Young. What's it going to do for Jonathan Mingo to get a fresh start? Now, the wide receiver coach last year, Sean Jefferson, reportedly was somebody that really loved Mingo. It was a big reason why Mingo even came to Carolina – but you do have a coaching staff that has pretty good background working with wide receivers, coaching them on a hands-on, hands-off basis. We'll see what that can do for Jonathan Mingo. The Panthers need him to come out and produce this year. They can't be in a situation where they got to – I think they need to add multiple wide receivers anyways. You would rather not have to add two, three guys and expect them to come in and really make a major impact because the second-round pick from a year ago wasn't good enough. And understand this, Dan Morgan – was the head of the scouting department last year. He had to say whatever he had to say about bringing in Mingo. He was not the guy who made the last decision, but he was in there having some sort of thoughts. I don't know what those thoughts were. Don't know what they are now. Just saying, at least that's what he's saying, that he he has the tools to succeed in this league. We haven't seen it yet, so we'll see if it happens. Um, Improving tight end is a big thing here in Carolina. That has been... Really close to extinction after Matt Rule came in here. Really, once Greg Olson started having his foot problems, the the broken foot problems, y'all, y'all know that. Uh, in eighteen and nineteen, Ian Thomas lied to us early on in his career. The tight end position also wasn't really something that Joe Brady's offense was keen on using when you have McCaffrey for a period of time. But when you have McCaffrey, when you have Curtis Samuel, you have Robbie Anderson playing one good season, you have DJ Moore, do you really need to throw the football to the tight end? No, but after that, it has not been great. Dan Morgan believes that schematically Dave Canales is going to do a good job putting those guys in position. He thinks a player like Tommy Trimble is capable of having a bright future in Carolina. And this is another thing we talk about when looking at the tight end outlook for the Carolina Panthers. What does it look like for Tommy Trimble? Can he ascend to that tight end one role like he did last year once Hayden Hurst went down and also just Hayden Hurst struggles? Can he be a consistent pass catching tight end? I don't necessarily see it. But Dan Morgan thinks in the run game he's a plus, and he thinks he has the potential to do it as a pass catcher as well. We've seen some little spots. The stats don't really back it up, 
but maybe it's more of an opportunity this upcoming season in this new scheme. A couple more things, the guard situation with the Panthers, both uh, Brady Christensen and Austin Corbett are bouncing back from injuries. They're both progressing, they're motivated, and it looks like they're going to still try to add some depth and competition at that spot. Look like Looked at some players out in Seattle. That would make some sense for the Panthers, add some depth. We'll see what happens there. As far as corners go, he didn't have much to offer that being Dan Morgan, still working through things as far as the future looks like there. Right now, there is no future as there's not a single quarter under contract in 2025, and I would expect that they're not going to offer the pick up the fifth-year option on J.C. Horn once we get to May. Overall, though, Dan Morgan says they're looking to build depth, looking to build competition, looking to build a team that this city, my hometown, the Queen City of Charlotte, can be proud of. I appreciate those words. I appreciate that sentiment. I appreciate everything that he laid out on Tuesday. You just got to go out there and do it. And starting on March 11th, but really March 13th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's your time to go out there and do it. Let's see it, Dan. Let's see it, Dave. Let's see it, Brant. Go get this team back to a point where it's respectable and the uptick in season ticket prices actually are warranted. That's enough for this edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, be sure to follow the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I'll be back on Friday answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions at me. DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Thursday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.